This is the Eat, Sleep, Illy, Repeat podcast. How's it hanging? How's it banging? How's it slanging there, my brothers, sisters, and uh-huh. those out there? Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, so uh, there was like kind of a bit of an up and down to wrestling this week. Um, wasn't exactly banger after banger after banger or anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of disappointed WWE fans right now and uh, already seeing the Eltzer take that they should have uh, put the belt on Sammy. And I'm just like, do you not know how this works? Anyway, um, guy that. All right. Let me just. All right. Before we get into the show, let me just let me just uh, let me just take a shot at Meltzer here really quickly about why he's kind of boneheaded when it comes to making these comments. He's only saying that because he knows it's the popular thing to say, by the way. Let's let's <laughs> let's leave that on the table. But let's also acknowledge the fact that this is supposed to be the guy that everyone goes to when it comes to like analysis and news right so <laughs> and we're and he's out here saying like even though i was a big big advocate of cody being the guy like two weeks ago to be the guy to beat him um i think it's actually uh makes more sense for it to be sammy now because honestly i, I think people just want to recreate that shit with danielson it's never going to happen again because they're not against sammy they're not if they were they it's not that they're against sammy and that's why they didn't put the championship on him if Sami Zayn was the biggest thing in WWE like he is right now, it, it, well, arguably, right? But but also he was um, not at the same time that they were trying to push Cody. He would have won the title. I'm just saying. Maybe not at Elimination Chamber. Maybe at WrestleMania, you know? Yeah, it's it's one of those things of, you know, should they strike while the iron's hot? That's always up for, I think, as a philosophy, you know how I feel about that. I think if it works out, it works out. You do it. Um, I just think they're fully committed to the, you know, Cody Rhodes being the guy that dethrones, dethrones the king. Um, it was kind of funny. People, <laughs> there was a little thing last night because Meltzer was at the New Japan show. People were mad at him for being at that show and not watching the Roman Sammy match. <laughs> okay. I was like, God damn it. These motherfuckers, dude. Of all the but things yeah. to be mad at Meltzer for. I, okay. Exactly. But, you know, it's kind of funny. We come on here, uh. Quite often, usually most weeks, and we're like, yeah, we had some fucking really good wrestling. And I think it was two weeks ago, we had like three just fucking insane juggernaut matches on Dynamite. One of the highest quality Dynamite match quality And then ever. we get a week like, like this, and, you know, we're just going to talk about it right off the top, kind of for a second here. And, and mm-hmm. if you guys look on social media, you'd think the sky is falling. And it's just one of those things, I I wouldn't look too hard into it, even in a week like this. We're selecting our favorites, and we're going to have fun talking about them. There's fun spots on Dark. And we'll also be talking about, even though we did a full show on it, we're going to cover the New Japan uh, show a little bit in, in our news because it feels worthy of talking about it. And there's yeah, some Make fun sure you go check out that, that uh, New Japan Battle in the Valley review, re- reactions, whatever you want to call it, uh, that we did uh, last night. Yeah, I had a really good now. time watching that and, and covering that show. That was a good time. Yeah, there was some interesting analysis in that episode, so we'll you know definitely go check that out. But make sure you listen to this one first, because obviously you're here for your weekly AW review and breakdown and so on and all that. But before we get into all that, we got a couple of orders of business to take care of at the top of the show. The uh, the first being 
Uh, you can follow us. If it just happens to be the first time that you know, you're know you tuning into this show, make sure you follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. Mm-hmm. And you can follow Charlie at oh, Charlie with an X instead of an A. And you can also follow the podcast on, uh, excuse me, on Twitter as well at Eat Sleep Believe. And, uh, you know, make sure you throw some stuff into the mailbag if you have questions and stuff like that. Uh, we haven't really gotten anything there uh, yet, but, um, you know, we'll, uh, at least I haven't heard anything. So, you know, <laughs> as far as I know, we haven't got anything in the mailbag yet, but eventually one, one day we'll, we'll start doing those as well. Um, and whatever the goal is to have a fun little weekly thing in our news where we can, you know, take a fucking couple of fun questions. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, um, and honestly, like there may be news stories that we weren't going to talk about. that get thrown in there. So, you know, like that's, and that's often what it is in wrestling. Cause it's like, well, what is your opinion on this? Cause I think people will get the vibe. We don't always talk about everything. In the news. Someone could ask us, uh, you know, about the lineage of the ice ribbon, you know, championship and i'll do i'll we'll fucking do a study yeah, i'll do i'll do a deep ass. dive yeah for sure <laughs> no, i don't know shit about ice ribbon as a promotion but exactly I, so i'll, I'll, like I'll get into fun. it you know absolutely um but anyway yeah and whatever podcast platform you happen to be listening to this on be that apple podcast google podcast spotify whatever you happen to be listening to us on make sure you go ahead and follow in or subscribe so you get to you know excuse me so you get our podcast in your feed every week and you can just you know automatically get that download there ready for you to uh, click start on whenever you are ready to consume some wrestling. Oh, sorry, I had to take a cough there. Oh, another. Huh. All right, here we go. <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, I literally went to breathe, and I was like, <gasps> anyway. Um, so yeah, um, <laughs> like choking on your own saliva at a movie theater. Yep, it yep, happens yep, to yep. the best of us. Um, and yeah, so I guess with all that stuff out of the way, I guess it's time for us to uh, to get into what we really were, were digging, what we're vibing with, what we're liking this week, Charlie. And since it's an even episode of the podcast, you're on the bump, brother. Yes, yes. Thank you. And yeah, so we're, I'm going to take us to actually the last thing, uh, the main event of AEW Rampage. Uh, you know how it is. We have Mark Henry here doing our split screen interview. I thought it was a pretty good one. Trench has been missing. The Trench the Appreciation Trench? Society is missing our leader. Trench has hit the bench. I will not stand for this. <laughs> By the way, Trench is not the worst name in wrestling. Fuck off. Uh, it's not. Why people think that Trench is worse than like dude, fucking? Why are, they, why are they after this guy's fucking? Nuts Trench is so worse hard, than bro? Theory. Okay. Like, dude, hop off. Uh. I'm here for something like that's this, that's just a theory in Austin. Th- <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Dustin Rhodes, uh, we've covered this before. He's announced it before. This is the final year of his in-ring wrestling career. And I thought the little thing with Swerve last week was pretty fun. You know, ending it with Happy Black History Month was a pretty fun little, you know, he's having fun with it. I think Swerve knocking out Legends while his trip to the top of the card, it, you can't go wrong with that. And Dustin Rhodes, this is the perfect spot for him. He goes out there, has a competitive, a fun match, but at the end of the day, puts over Swerve Strickland. There was a great spot, though, where Swerve did his his kick to the back of the head, and Dustin didn't even let a one-count hit. He stands up. The crowd's fucking going ape. Even though the crowd has been there at that point for about oh, four yeah. hours. Yep, yep. They're still going nuts. They're having fun. Um, Rhodes, you know, he's hitting his pile drivers. He's hitting the crossroads. They're looking good. He he hit his final reckoning, went for the pin, but Parker Boudreaux pulled Rhodes out of the ring, sent him into the ring steps, and referee Aubrey Edwards called for a disqualification. Yes. Which, again, we don't see that often in AEW. Oh. I 
I'm I'm having trouble remembering the last one. I know there was one after MJF and Sean Dean, but I can't remember who. That might have been the last one. We it got like been... two in like a month, and everyone yeah. was like, "All right, we can slow down on this now. We don't need to start leading into and it so much." So they saved it for this because I think we're gonna we're gonna see something with the Mogul affiliation. I think we're gonna see something within them where Swerve's gonna be like, "Hey, man, you can do all that, but I still want to win the match. So you got to be fucking sneakier about it." Right. I think we're going to see some yeah, I some see development that. there, and it's going to be kind of fun to follow. Um, we had another gaggle of security goons come out. <laughs> Boudreaux is doing his thing. A couple of them looked really good. Yeah, the the last one, it ugh, it looked like some stuff we've seen him do on Dark, or we're like, ah, come on, Parker. But I think the first one really looked fantastic when he laid him out. I'm like, I actually liked the when he took the two out of the same. I actually didn't. Hate yeah, that. it looked powerful, and mm-hmm. he looks he looked like a stud. Keith Lee's. They're, they're Actually, just st- before you move on from from him, I I noticed him throughout all the way. Uh, maybe this was intentional because it was going to be the DQ eventually. But I noticed him throughout, like when he got taken out by the turnbuckle. Like he did, he looked good there, and then he looked good just in the back. Like there was a little shot where he was just in the background of the of the uh, of the wide, you know. And uh, yeah, he, just, he looked good. Like he was moving well. He looked like he's starting. I think he's slowly piecing it together, which is good, you know. The potential's there, and he's got the look. Absolutely, and that's the thing about Parker and Trench. They got the look. Yes. Um, Trench has a look. We'll call it that. We'll yeah, say we'll does. say the look. But he's got, <laughs> he's a, got look. a look. He's got you're a look. Not, you're not fucking with that guy. Uh, Woodrow set uh, Dustin Rhodes' head on a cinder block. Keith Lee's music plays. Apparently he was about to murder Dustin Rhodes. Like, okay. I was very curious. I was like, where is this going? That doesn't look safe. Keith Lee's music hits. Woodrow and Swerve are looking to the stage. They don't see him. Lee sneaks up behind them. He kind of, the way he stands up is kind of like a fucking dinosaur. Boudreaux takes a really big discus form from Lee. The heels, they scatter off. Lee helped Rose up to his feet while Swerve honestly looked like he had seen a ghost. And I got to say, I thought whenever Keith Lee comes back, he's always got a new look. And, and as he's talked about before, Keith Lee, you know, went gray at a very young age. And he kind of came back and had the full gray. And I got to tell you, I thought it looked awesome. It adds a different element. He, it, it just, you don't see that in wrestling. First of all, you don't see anyone looking like Keith Lee in wrestling. That guy's the size of a fucking mountain. And he moves like a fucking thundercat. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like a bear yeah. cat. God damn it. Yeah, but Keith Lee returning, that to me, that's the, that's the send the crowd home happy. I didn't even know about that. The fact that that didn't leak out, I mean, maybe it did on some certain ends. It probably did. I just did, wasn't looking super hard. Yeah, I and I didn't see it. I didn't see it leak out or anything, and I was genuinely surprised. I thought this was, again, a fun main event. It did its job. It put Swerve over while taking the loss. Technically, that makes me feel a certain way, but... If this ends up being it a snapped a nine which match winning streak, so I mean it's not like he was not like yeah you know he's exactly. nine and one in the last ten you know what I mean. And if we take this to a teaching opportunity for the mogul affiliates, and I am actually curious what happened to Trench. I hope they don't just he just back next week and no nothing happened because you know some storylines they do that, but let's hope this isn't the case with Trench. But yeah, that I, that was my favorite. What did you think of this match, and uh, what was your favorite? And I guess yeah. Keith Lee coming back. What are your thoughts on Absolutely. that? Absolutely good, good, yeah, good stuff. I'll, I'll I'll hit the three things. Um, so yeah, I thought Dustin was uh selling his ass off in this match. Really good stuff. Um, and it pretty much made the match. I would say I, it was mostly. I mean, you know, we use the term squash a lot. This wasn't really that. There was um, you mentioned the word competitive. I would use that to describe mm-hmm. it as well. But I think it was enough 
in this uh, swerve corner, if you will, like that he was still felt like a dominant force in the ring. Um, he had a really ben nice did. spot where uh, he like drop kicked him into the barricade, and then afterward he got color, um, which I thought was cool, and it really worked with the face paint that he had on. Um, I can't wait till when we get to the end of the show and we talk about uh, the pre match promo for this because I actually really liked that as well. Um, and even though it was short, but I'll get to that when we get to it. Um, and I was just saying in my notes that I thought Dustin still kind of has it. You know, we've been saying that for like the last like year and a half or whatever, watching his matches. He's, he still has the ability to go out there and have a pretty good match. Um, I still recommend that match he had with CM Punk on a random episode of Dynamite like last year. Really good match. That was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they did a nice setup where he like kind of, I don't know if he like hit him with like a forearm or elbow or something, but he had bonked him into the ropes basically. And then he hit his rolling flatliner into it, which I thought was really nice that they just flowed nicely. Um, right after that, you had that kick out at one, uh, after the kick to the side of the head, which was super good. The 2.99 on the code red that he hit was just, I was like, Whoa, that was um, such a good little timed mm-hmm. spot, man. Yeah. Aubrey's good at holding that hand, just a, like an inch above the map of when she needs that extra half second. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it's underrated as a referee and especially in AEW because we've had a few you know mishaps you know but um but every company has so you can't really do that uh swerve's death valley driver on the aprons becoming one of my favorite spots not just because of what he did to ar fox all those years ago but like just it looks good like i don't know it was just a well-wrestled well put together match and like you said the rare dq finish keith lee being back i think this was the appropriate time um yes i don't necessarily think it needs to be on the pay-per-view it probably will be um but i don't think it necessarily needs to be um especially because we just had and ultimately it was building to the pay-per-view anyway but it didn't have to because of when they started it like the hangman and um and moxley stuff like that could have just been a tv feud you know i would like for them to do that i know it's like well we got to build the pay-per-views but when you got like 97 months between a pay-per-view you gotta have to have some tv feuds that are just on tv you know like um yeah i i don't mind having just a tv just a tv uh feud yeah which i'm with I, you I'd be cool with that here. Obviously, I think it probably will end up on the pay-per-view, but um, I'm glad to have Keith Lee back. It did feel like we were missing him a little bit. Like I could always, I was always like, oh, I wonder when he'll be back. I know it was kayfabe, but I, I was always like, hmm, I wonder when they're planning, up, excuse me, planning on bringing him back. But uh, now we have him, so we'll have to see where that where that goes. But like I said, it was a really fun match. It was a great way to end the show. I'm sure the crowd went home happy, and yeah. That's what it's all about. So, yeah, what was uh, what's your favorite you got this week? Yeah, so... I don't know what it has been lately. I think honestly, them being in the trios division has been like a breath of fre- a breath of fresh air for me with the elite. It's not that I have a problem with the elite. Everyone will just if you've listened to this podcast long enough know that I'm super critical of them because I they're kind of not always on like I I don't know. I've always been super critical of the elite because everyone yeah. puts them on this pedestal, and I don't feel like I should put. I, I just don't do that. I, I I look at them like I look at everybody else. Um, so. It's really nice to see them in a role that I can really get behind and really enjoy. And I was listening to Kenny talk um, on Swerve's podcast about how they don't have to do ultra super complex storylines with this championship. They can just have really good matches that are fun for the crowd. And I was like, that's a really great example of um, knowing what you're like knowing your role within the company and on the card at this time and it's not like these titles are below anything they're just something completely different for the crowd to see so and it goes right with kenny's philosophy of of the smorgasbord of wrestling you know um i love that <laughs> and, um anyway yeah so 
I was writing in my notes that I'd hope this this sort of like sort of semi feud between Top Flight and uh, AR Fox and the Elite went all the way to Revolution. Um, we were going to find out later on in this match that that was probably not going to be the case, but I was still thinking that at the time because um, I think if you had four total matches, because I would think you'd need to have one more in between um, now and the pay per view, just because of the amount of time left. And I also just think that would make the most sense to build the story. Um, yeah. But so far, I mean, the matches have just been fun. Excuse me, fun to watch. They had a double uh, rope hung senton, so they had uh, both of the um, the both Dante and Darius. I almost called them the Martin brothers, but that felt wrong. Um, <laughs> it did. It did. Dar- Dar- Darius and uh, and Dante were hung on the ropes, and then uh, Matt hit a senton, which I thought just looked good. Um, and I, I wrote this in my notes, man. The elite—they're just operating on a different level right now. They are firing on all cylinders. They are. Maybe the best trio in wrestling right now. That might be a stretch. That, but it, I think they might be like because I, they're just everything they're doing right now is fantastic. It really um, is. And uh, I believe it was a similar finish to the previous match where Kenny was hitting some V triggers on AR Fox or something along those lines. I actually didn't get the the finish to the match written down exactly because um, I was just kind of buying into the match. And then uh, after they picked up the win. Um, I'm going to say it was on some kind of V trigger, VT trigger, melter driver, something. Yeah. They did so something. yeah, pretty much Matt ended up catching Fox in the corner, beat him down. Fox tried to hit a moonsault elite, wiped him out with a triple super kick. And then Nick hit top flight with an escalator onto the floor. Omega hit Fox with a one wing. Oh angel. yeah, that's right. One winged angel. That's what, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Um, so after, after he hit the one winning angel, uh, lights and the crowd go down and we get, a little like cut back to the ring and the later like what and i think i saw julia hart walking in the background i'm not even kidding um that might have just not been her might have been like brandon cutler and i just couldn't tell but like i'd be pretty cool if they included her just like chilling in the background when the when the lights went up um but it was the house of black um and this is the match that pretty much everybody has wanted for yes ever since these titles were created basically um or even hinted at really Honestly, since both groups were in the company formed, honestly, that's probably when people wanted this match. But um, obviously, Kenny wasn't back then. However, um, it looks like the match that we're going to potentially be, or maybe not even potentially, I think I think it's pretty much confirmed that we're at Revolution, probably going to get uh, the Elite versus the House of Black for the Trios Championship, which that honestly could be match of the night. Like, that's going to be... It could be match of the year, actually. Let's be real. Like, um, especially with how hot the Elite are right now, how how... Um, and again, just going back to the Kenny interview, we talked about like coming back with the new music, the new different style that they're kind of going for it. I think it's really working. And I think the house of black offers a really nice contrast to that, um, in terms of their style and their gimmick and the way that they wrestle. And I think it could be one of the hardest hitting most athletic matches that we see all year, which is insane to say, cause we're already only in like February. So like, you yeah. know, um, so I'm really excited for that match. I want to get your thoughts on all this because I didn't have that much written down, but I just really, really enjoyed this match. I flipped on Rampage and I was just like, yeah, I'm glad this is what we're starting just with. The, absolutely. It was one of those matches where it was just super action-packed, as you'd expect, and we've come to love with, especially with our trios championships. You know, going into a trios championship match, what you're getting, and what you're getting is just action-packed fun, and in this oh my case, god they had bro i gotta stop you i forgot to mention thing. the basketball shit i'm completely yeah. skipped past it in my notes it's written there and everything they did a lot of cool stuff with the basketballs which i thought was really cool like uh dante <laughs> hitting like i think it was like a 
some kind of like senton or flip or something and he also shot the ball into nick's balls that was great yep yeah it, it, a lot of times they, they clearly get the mandate like hey let's play it up you guys are the the lead into the basketball thing so you know have fun with it and they they often put the elite on that so it, it's they make fun of it because it, it fits the elite's gimmick they don't mind doing shit like that but yeah they hit a three-pointer so that was cool <laughs> I mean, AR I, Fox with the actual, you know, when he hit the when he hit the shot like, yeah, to nothing, that was fun. <laughs> it's like, it was oh, good. Shit, man, can actually throw a basketball. Okay, it was good. And uh, yeah, House of Black and the Elite. Woo-hoo, that's that's the Banger uh, City. That's the match, and I think we're gonna see a lot of people start getting excited for that match. So, yeah, well put. Other than that, I think you pretty much covered it all. Uh, it felt like 25 minutes of action packed into 10. I mean, it was that nuts. So, yeah, let's uh, let's do what we do. Let's jump into yep. some news here. Okay. And we got a little bit of news tonight that we'll kind of cover because, you know, as we like to do, we're starting to get into news season, as you'd say. Uh, Tony Khan is kind of – he was on the Click podcast and when are you he, coming on our podcast, Tony? How cool would that be? Um, Tony Khan pretty much was saying, you know, he was getting asked about Brian Danielson uh, potentially entering the G1 Climax tournament. He goes on to say, I think it would be great in many ways, but Brian Danielson, it's quite possible, could be the AW World Champion. Either way, I think it would be hard for him to disappear from the show, especially if he's the AW World Champion. I'm not sure if he's able to get away from the show that much, We'll have to see what happens here coming out of Revolution. And pretty much he's talking and hyping up that match. But yeah, he... I don't he think that just means Revolution, though. I think if he's saying that, he might be implying that he may not, even if MJF loses the title, be, like, available. Because he might plan on whoever beats MJF losing to him or something, you know? Yeah, and also in there, there was a little little talk of... They asked him about Kota Ibushi. And he said, I would love Kota Ibushi here. Ibushi has wrestled for Ring of Honor in the past and has a great wrestling history in Japan and in America and is a top free agent. And that's somebody we'd love to have here if the deal is right and the timing is right. I mean, who wouldn't, right? That's, you know, grass Golden Lovers versus Young Bucks. There's so much money there. That's not the only free agent updates we're getting. Uh, So last night was the New Japan Battle in the Valley. Pretty much some of the results. We had Zack Sabre Jr. retaining against Clark Connors. Filthy Tom Lawler defeating Homicide. Eddie Kingston, our own guy here, defeats Jay White in a loser leaves New Japan. So it sounds like Jay White is on his way to either WWE or AEW. Garrett, how would you feel about uh, getting Jay White in AEW and yeah, potentially so, being the Adam Cole match at Revolution, if that is the case? Yeah, that would be great. Um, that would be awesome. Um, I really hope. I'm really hoping that's what happens. Of course, there's no guarantees, obviously. Um, but um, I, I'm really excited for for Jay White because he's kind of always been like, he's never in Japan, even in when he like very much recently was treated like the guy. Up until then, he really wasn't treated like one of the guys they wanted to take to that next level. You know, um, it felt like he got cold weird. feet with him a lot. Even yeah, he, he won the title twice, but it still felt like he got cold feet sometimes. Yeah. It's almost a Will Ospreay effect, right? Like, they want Will Ospreay to be their champion, and maybe for a long time even, but, like, they also, if something remotely weird happens or if it doesn't quite hit like the way they want it to, yeah, I can see it, and I can understand that, but it's also, like, like Switchblade's a fucking star, you know? But anyway, 
Um, I would love to see him be at Revolution. I'd love to see him be Adam Cole's match. Um, I, you know, there's obviously a lot of history there with other people at AEW. That would be really interesting. Um, yeah, I, I really honestly have no idea. Um, I, if he ends up in the WWE, it'd be kind of disappointing, especially because we kind of more or less got a tease in the lead up to Forbidden Door. Like there was some history between the, them and the elite that needed to be resolved. So I'm, I'm hoping we get that, but yeah, it'd be really cool, man. It would be but really cool. But part of me thinks he's going to the WWE, so I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But it'd be really exciting if he did show up in AEW. Yeah, it would. And then we also had a couple matches of uh, the strong up and weight championship changed hands. Kenta is now the champion. Motor City Machine Guns defeated the West Coast Wrecking Crew. Bro, did you see Kenta's tweet from today? <laughs> I did. It was something along <laughs> the lines of, uh, like, he was acknowledging the punk thing, right? He he said my number one fan got to see an actual GTS or something like that. <sighs> Give me Kenta vs. Punk. Cowards. Please. And then the two, the the big money maker here. Mercedes Monet debuted in New Japan Pro Wrestling and defeated Kyrie to win the IWGP Women's Championship. This was fucking incredible. Uh, straight up, I, I we've Fuck sat- the elimination chamber. That's the biggest thing that happened in wrestling this weekend. I mean, that's yeah, honestly. And you know, something we talked about during the show is this is kind of the match. I feel like she's always been wanting to have. And if you you know what I mean when I say this, when I'm when I'm like. She went out there and had a New Japan style match. She she did the thing and she fucking crushed it. It this was honestly it it was probably my favorite women's match in a long time. And it's my second favorite match of the year this year in in a year where we just had Omega and Osprey that was so much fun. And it's like that these two are my favorite two matches right now that I just I honestly this is going to be one of those matches where I watch again. Do you remember because I'm that? so interested that hater and Tony Storm match they had, I think it was on a random episode of Dynamite or maybe Rampage. That kind of basically put Jamie Hater on the on on the um, collision course with the championship that she ended up like going with. You know, I I put this in that same category where there's so much opportunity with where you can jump off from from here because both people in this match came out looking ridiculously good, like so much money. And Kyrie in this match, I'd never, I I, wa- I remember watching Kyrie in NXT and being impressed, but always thinking that she was like the third or fourth best woman in NXT at the time, you know, not anything against her. They just didn't use her in the way that I think she needed to be used. Yeah. And New Japan seems to have no qualms with letting Kyrie be Kyrie, you know, which is really she, great for she her. She crushed it. Yeah, absolutely. Where do they go next? Stardom is having a lot of open shots right now. So I'm very curious what's going to happen with that. That's something we'll be covering on our show. And then, of course, Okada defeated Tanahashi. This was, you know, it's best put. It's like fine wine, guys. It was not the best match they've ever had, but it was still an enjoyable, fun main event. And we had a great time covering Battle in the Valley. So, again, if you you guys watch that yourself and you're like, eh, fuck it. I'll listen to some coverage. Go check that out. It was a good time. So, former women's champion Riho quote can be back soon uh melter regard wrote regarding riho she can come back as early as next week or soon thereafter 
I've missed I'm, I'm glad about that. I dude, every time they bring her in though, it's for like a week and then she's gone for like three months. It really pisses me off. So and I really hope that when they say that, they mean that she can actually be back, like for when she had the extended run as the champion, you know? Like I Because that though like we're kinda that. experiencing the same thing with the Karoshita right now. When was the last time she was on TV? It's like been like three, four weeks again, right? They kinda do that. And then she's gonna show up and be on screen every week for five weeks, and then she's gonna be gone again. I you know Yeah, she- Sheeta gets at least like a month. Rio yeah. gets a match. And then maybe a few dark matches in the yeah. lead-up. But, like, that's it. And it's kind of wild to me. I'm like, I understand that there are some really, really shitty fans out there. Again, Kenny Omega spoke about this. Um, it, and they say some pretty fucked up shit. So I, I can understand if they if, if it's their decision. But I imagine that it's not. Because, I mean, you don't run from that. You know what I mean? Like, if you're if you're a Joshi women's wrestler, you've probably been dealing, that, dealing with that your whole career. You know? Like, so... Or just in the Japanese women's wrestling scene in general, because they get put in that. I'm sorry, I'm going to call them out for in that cornet category of just being a certain. Oh, they're the this and that, and it's like, like okay, but like you don't actually understand what you're watching at all if you don't take away from it the same thing you would from any other match. Like I don't know how you can do that, but yeah, I, I really hope it's not related to that. Um, I really hope that it's. It's a oh god! I almost don't want to say this either, but I would hope it's a management decision because if it is, at least you can blame them and be like, yeah, they're just not booking correctly with this person. <clears throat> but like, yeah, and and who knows? Are they going to bring it back for Athena? Are they going to bring it back for the homegrown AW wrestlers versus Tony Storm and Soraya? I don't know. There's options, but either way, Rio is a welcome face back, and I would like to see her back. Um, little all Japan news here. Uh, Yuji Nagata has won the All Japan Pro Wrestling Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship. Uh, the 54-year-old, uh, he defeated Kento Miyahara at the AJPW Pro Wrestling Day Mania X. And that was at Karukin Hall. He becomes the 69th champion in the title's lineage. And the 30th wrestler to hold the belt. So, we always like covering uh, big major championship wins from other companies too. So... Pretty excited. And y'all know I'm a freak for all Japan. Like I don't necessarily watch what they're doing now because a lot of it is a lot of their talent that they used to have is a no and stuff now. But like I mean, you know, I, I, I'll I it, every now and then I I'm, I'm thinking about like, oh, is there a way if I can watch this? It's like really like yeah, easy. They, like yeah, and so fun stuff there. We, we like to see that. Uh, that championship has so much lineage. Like the guy dude, that I mentioned. I swear, on, if I if I lived in Japan, I would love to just go to any of these fucking random Karukin Hall shows, like every month. Dude, just one a month. Be great. Give me one a month, literally. At least. You I go mean, see you'd DDT, AJPW, anything. Maybe that's where we could check Hit out a Stardom story. show. Like yeah. if you wanted to, there's <laughs> enough wrestling in Japan that you could go to something like probably every every couple of days and have something entertaining to watch on it. You know, I mean, it's crazy. So yeah. Um, a member of the Sea Stars, the Delny Exo, she has the popular tag team, the Sea Stars. They've been on AEW a couple of times, even picked up win in a, uh, win in AEW. She has signed a contract with MLW uh, that was announced by Core Bauer on Friday's Busted Open Radio. So good for her. I'm sure she's a name that is worth keeping an eye on because I don't think this will be the uh, last we've uh, seen of her. And it also sounds like the uh becca b3 cca she's wrestled on dark i mean pretty recently and she even wrestled on wwe last week against lacey evans sounds like she is also on her way to mlw so good on them they mlw we we don't actively cover mlw but it's fun to keep an eye on it because you know 
it's it's fun. It's nice to see what they're doing over there. So, yeah, we we mentioned um, before we recorded the show. That's like where Willow got super hot. So, I mean, you know, I if if they can do that with Willow, I mean, they could probably do that with with her as well. I mean, we'll see. You know, they seem to have a good eye for female talent there. And you know, we got a little bit of good news from uh, one of the talents from MLW, Richard Holiday. He uh he had Hodgkin's lim- he was recently diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. He was a member of the dynasty. He was one of the guys with MJF in MJF's awesome storylines in MLW. And yesterday on his Instagram, he was seen, you know, ringing the gong. He celebrated the end of his cancer treatments. So that's always nice to see. That's, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah Richard good, Holiday, good he he looked very emotional doing it, of course. I mean, obviously he did. And, you know, it's good on him. Um, I'm happy for him, and I you know, wish him wish him the best from here on out. Yeah, that's that, I. You know, it's it's one of the uh, realist storylines that you had in years. Not really, that was a storyline, but stories that was told in wrestling was Roman. You know, coming back from leukemia. So I that yeah. would be they should play that into his if unless he's not comfortable with it, obviously. But if they can build that into his comeback, I mean, remember what that did for It'd Roman. It'd be incredible. It, it would simply it be cured incredible. Roman's booze for a little while. You know, like which was insane because it, and then from there it was just like all right, now we're all bought in on this guy. You know, so not that you have to get fucking cancered in order to like you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it can be over, but like it can help. It's it can that be, uh, added real life storyline. Just like it's like with Mark Briscoe. Like we're not like taking advantage of Jay Briscoe by Mark Briscoe using that as his motivation. It's probably his motivation for real right now. You know, like so. I would I would be surprised if they didn't go somewhere with that. MLW doing some interesting stuff. Potentially. Yeah, it's okay. nice to see. So we've recently had the New Japan Cup being announced, and basically the finals are March twenty first. They've announced that. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi and Leo Rush will battle for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title. We've we've covered how much we loved Leo Rush on this podcast. He was he the was biggest loss in AEW history that they just let walk out the I, door. I in my can't opinion. believe they let him walk out the door. And okay, other than maybe Cody. Yeah, 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 maybe other than Cody. But um, yeah, Leo Rush. That was so sad how that all ended. But the New Japan Cup. All right, there's some cool matches here that are kicking us off. Sonata versus Tai Chi. Uh, Tetsuya Naito versus El Fantasmo, and Fantasmo just wrestled a 30-minute match that, against... Yeah, uh, I was say, that should be a fun match. Fantasmo was great when they brought him into AEW. Yeah, and he just wrestled like a nearly 30-minute match against Tamatonga that people have been kind of buzzing about lately, so keep an eye on that. Ren Narita facing off Evil. That could be huge. Oh, that could be awesome. That could be for... huge for Ren. If he if Dude. Ren could start la- racking up some wins, we know that... They're going to be searching for someone. Kota Ibushi... Renderita is so weird because he's in this like weird position where like everybody knows how good Renderita is, but they just don't use him in that way. I don't he, know why. It's weird. You it's know? it's very strange, but you know what? This is something we kind of talked about on the New Japan show, and that's Kota Ibushi and Jay White are gone now. They need two people to step up and become some of the bigger stars, and I, I think we could start to see that in this New Japan Cup this year. Who's going to win this cup? The next match, I'm curious on this. Toru Yano versus Mark Davis of Aussie Open. Ooh. Winner of that, get this, they face Will Ospreay. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, there's some interesting stuff there. Yoshihachi against Kyle Fletcher of Aussie Open. Okay. I mean, I've actually liked the Yoshihashi when they brought him in. Uh, yeah, and one time. I-, I think Kyle Fletcher is seriously so fucking talented. Him and Mark Davis yeah. are very good. We will all be talking about them on Rampage as well. Shingo Takagi oh, yeah. is facing Aaron Hanare. I think we know where that's going. David Finley versus Tomohiro Ishii. Finley, Whew. 
That's is gonna he, be a banger. Uh, is is Finley arriving, or is he gonna be put? As he put it, the next Gaijin? Is he gonna be pushed as the next big Gaijin? Who knows, I, dude? Ishii would be a great start to that if that's where they wanted to go, though. I mean, the next match after that respected. is Great Ocon, so you could go boom, boom. Oh, dude, that's two really well-respected big dudes. That's dude. I mean, you know, Ishii's not like ten feet tall, but he's huge. You know, like, and then absolutely, and then our last match here, the opening round is Shota Umino versus Yujiro Takahashi. So, shooter is is this his? Yeah, is this rise the shooter up? tournament? It could be. So very curious how they follow that. They could do the New Japan thing where, you know, the final is uh who would who would be the easy one here? Shingo Takagi and Evil. And they might do that. So both those guys are world champions. But maybe it's the tournament where the final is Will Ospreay and Shooter. Or, you know, Hiroki Goto is also have a bye. Is it his turn? You know, you built the championship. You could have a really him. interesting semifinal match between uh, Narita and uh, Numino. That'd so be as really that, crazy. As that tournament's unfolding, we'll cover it on the show because I, I feel like everyone, everyone in wrestling, you have to like a tournament. It's fun to watch, and the New Japan Cup's a round robin tournament. So that's I was fun just saying stuff. to you before the show, I really wish they would bring back like the World Tag League from All Japan and AEW. And you were mentioning it'd be awesome if they did like the World Trios Tag League. That'd be. I think that would be so much money for the trios title. He's so you great. Could, you could do it in the two months leading up to Double or Nothing. And That'd be incredible. Seriously, that. and that's and then the winner have, that gets gets the shot at the, whoever the champions yeah, are. At the you time. could have oh. a series on. That's how you build an underdog story. And you could do that with so many teams, whether it's the Best Friends or the Dark Order. You name it. You pick one of these underdog teams that people want to like. They just don't have that. You know that oomph yet. So okay. Um. Then the last thing, because it wasn't announced on the show, and this is going to be in the title of our video here, Tony Khan has announced that Mark Briscoe is All Elite. He is officially signed with AEW. He will wrestle in AEW and ROH. I think that's just, that's a nice, you know, cap Smart on this feel-good yep. story. And Mark Briscoe, that, that uh, what was he calling it? Redneck Kung Fu? You know, he's yep. having fun with it. He's going to be a fun babyface for us all to root for. And like we were just talking about with Richard Holiday, the real life stories and, you know, everyone's even though they're vastly different, it's it's one of those things where we want to we want to emotionally attach ourselves to these people and these characters. And yeah, so very happy for Mark Briscoe. What I'm just going to let's let's just start here. What do you think could kind of be the trajectory for him? What do you think their plan is? Maybe to for, make a for run for the ROH World Championship? I could see that. Um, you'd have to obviously get a heel to take it off of Claudio first, I would think. Um, I don't know who that would be. There's options there. Josh Woods. Hey, you know? Um, they already have they a little like bit of Josh history They like Josh Woods. They, they yeah. I think... There's a reason he was picked as... as, as and Briscoe's I think there's a lot match. of reason the wrestlers are fans of Josh Woods, too. You know? He's phenomenal. I mean... I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he does pretty much everything well, but um, I it's think like, that would be cool. I'm, I'm not sure if that's the direction they're going to go. I was saying to you, I thought they should have at least like panic booked him into the pay-per-view here because like I know I, he may not, he may end up in that ring of honor spot like you were saying because that's kind of where I kind of picture him landing as well. Not that he couldn't be an AEW star. I just think that when ring of honor gets going again and like he sees that. I, he bleeds Ring of Honor, man. You know, I think it'd be crazy to not at least have him be on like the double contract deal that a lot of people are on. You know, where they're doing both. I mean, I don't know if it's a double contract, but the contract where you can work both, obviously, like that. 
Yeah. Um, I so he'll have a place in that promotion. I don't know if he'll be a main guy, if he'll be like a every now and then guy, but I. I think, honestly, this is going to maybe seem a little out of left field. I could see him going on like a really, really, really big run and ending up as like either all Atlantic or maybe even being the one to beat Joe, dude. That would be pretty nutty, you know? You could do something fun with him and Joe because Joe could seriously, we've seen with Joe, he's not, they're not afraid to take some shots with him. He's not afraid to say it. And you could do some really fun stuff that gets him great heat but also makes you root that much harder for Mark Briscoe. Again, not sure what that does for Wardlow. <laughs> but I mean, we really like to see it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's happening with Wardlow? Who knows? Um, but yeah, the last thing we'll talk about is Tony Khan officially announced the ROH TV tapings. They're going on sale. What are they going on sale? February 20th. No, that's the actual fucking tapings. I don't know why I care when they go on sale. Maybe it's because I can fucking go to it. Should I go to it? No, nah, I won't go to I it. I mean, if you can. <laughs> Tickets start at 20 bucks. That's kind of expensive. Oh, you know what? There's like 50 people there. You got to make a little dough, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, really. I They're mean, going shit, to AEW Universal. Ticket, dude, AEW tickets are like 40 bucks for the freaking house shows or something. That's not bad. Um, But uh, yeah, so they're going to Universal. About eight months ago, I said that was worst case scenario. My opinion's changed a little bit. I think it makes sense for ROH right now because until AEW is live two times a week, they're not going to shoot ROH in front of those. Remember what I was talking about before? You shoot before, uh, say, Rampage. That's when you'd shoot your Dark Elevation. Before Dynamite, you could shoot your Ring of Honor. I don't think that's happening. They're going to keep before dynamite being their elevation. And they're going to try this. Clearly they're having a good relationship with universal. They're being able to fly a lot of wrestlers out. Everyone's getting good bookings. They can wrestle multiple times. So, I mean, it's a good idea. And we also had a little bit of news come from this because three wrestlers were pulled from beyond wrestling. And that was Wheeler Yuta, Tracy Williams and Trisha Dora were all pulled. And yeah, so um, pretty much Voices of Wrestling and Fightful, I guess, uh, both kind of announced that was when it was coming. So I don't, we don't really know how we're going to cover ROH yet. Are we just going to cover it during the week, you know, in our news segment? I don't know. We, it's, I can't see see us doing an entire podcast of the one hour show. I mean, I can't either. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe we'll toss it into news and, It'll just make our shows about 15 minutes longer. Maybe we'll toss it at the very end. That way, if people don't want to listen to Ring of Honor, you know. Yeah, they can just tag out at the last we'll fig- 15 minutes. We'll figure it out. But I think we are curious, obviously, how it's going to work out. So, yeah. That being said, I've rambled on and on. Garrett, if you want to take us through uh, Dark Elevation. I mean, Elevation. Hey, it's the news. You got to Exactly. We had a lot of it this week, and I thought it was important to spend time on some stuff. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dark Elevation, this was episode... 102, AW Dark Elevation 102, Uh, the Dark Order took on some Jabberinos, Um, I'm pretty sure it was 102 anyway, unless I just got my notes wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was, Um, but yeah, anyway, either way, 102, 103, one of those those numbers, Uh, the Dark Order took on some Jabbers, Paul White, uh, I wrote down in my notes, is uh, very versed in their lore of wrestling, I think that's good for a commentator, Um, 
but apparently he's got a little bit of heat with the uh, Dasha talking over him while he's talking. So I, I, or, I, or something like that. I don't know. I, 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 it's probably just nonsense, but you know, hey, leave Dasha out of this. All right. It's fine. Um, we had a backstage segment that we cut to after this match. There wasn't really much there. I, I didn't even yeah. think it was just a dark order match. Um, Matt Hardy was backstage with Ethan Page, and they uh, he was apologizing for losing the trios title match. And um, I'm I'm just loving the storyline of him slowly sabotaging the firm from within, and like just Ethan Page, just Matt Hardy is so convincing at telling him that he's on his side that he just can't help but believe him. And like he, I'm gonna be honest, exactly. when he was cutting this little promo here. I I believed him. I was like, yeah, I guess he is on Ethan Page's side. Shit, not really. Obviously, you know, I'm mean? like, but I was thinking that I was like, shit, that was a good. I would have been convinced by that um so yeah so speaking to the firm we had the next match we have we had big bill large william getting a nice little squishy squash i actually thought and when i was thinking about this because elevation gets filmed in front of that uh dynamite crowd i was like this is actually a great match to put in there uh to warm the crowd up because they were ready to boo and they gave him some boos which is great to see you know and people gotta um, like seeing large william you know yeah exactly um, he's just a big and mean man, and like I said, a good way to get the crowd going. I think he picked up the win with like that big ass boot or something like that. Or no, it was a choke slam. He has that choke slam. Oh, elevation on that choke slam. Love it. Um, elevation and elevation. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we had Jade Cargill and Layla Gray taking on uh, two that I wrote down the names of because I had some interesting names: Dolce Tormenta and Dee Dee Doom. Interesting names, but um, Dee Dee Doom is one hell of a fucking wrestling name, right? Anyway, um. I wish I wish uh, I this got amended later in the week, admittedly, but I wish Jade was featured on TV more often than not. And when she's just kind of sometimes like barely in a segment, I don't know. Uh, she picked up the one that jaded, put it at 52 and 0. Um, you know, I would like someone to bring up that like she does these tag matches with Layla where Layla gets beat up for a bit and then she just comes in and picks up the win. Is that really the same thing as winning some against somebody in a one on one match and getting your, your record up? I'm not saying that it would be any different with the actual record calculations. I'm just saying that. Somebody could bring that up and be like, well, you know, you're getting these cheap wins and letting Layla take all the, the, the offense and blah, 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 blah. I, I'm I'm really hoping we see Jade in this storyline, man, the invasion angle. I, I, I don't want her to miss out on this. I also don't want her to just not get a match on the pay-per-view, though, as a champion. Like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I, you know what I mean? She'd be in the blood and guts match. I think I don't think this is going pay-per-view. I think there'll be something on the pay-per-view related to this story. I think it'd be really silly not to do that, but uh, maybe not um brian cage picked up a win here um it was really quick he picked up the one with the drill claw he's in a really interesting position right now because like i feel like he could go different directions and i'm really not sure what their plan is with him in ring of honor or AEW. and i feel like he's getting a lot like, of ring time and he's good like i don't think he's bad i just i don't think i don't know if it's I don't know what it is about Brian Cage that just makes him not able to be used in a more meaningful way for more than a couple of weeks at a time but either way people uh, can take this the wrong way or they'll see exactly what i'm saying okay. he's kind of like our baron corbin yeah. where he just doesn't really have a direction just a better wrestler but which is not time, a shot of baron corbin i mean it's, yeah, just, it's just, you know. at the same time we all know what he is and we don't mind him getting the reps it's just mm-hmm. we don't really know what's happening and he had a little push yeah. with the ftw title just like corbin's head it pushes. could be similar to the corbin situation where like what did we hear recently in reports which is that corbin got put out there and they were going to try and do something big with him and then they just didn't get the reaction they wanted so they pulled it you know i mean so i you know we'll see um nyla rose and emmy sakura took on madison rain and sky blue um loved the sign in the crowd that said push sky blue keep bringing that sign back everybody yeah um, now she's getting their match against uh, soraya next week 
absolutely so keep that keep that coming everybody get that you know what's politic from the crowd um but uh they had a really nice sequence of counters uh between sky blue and nyla which ended in like a dead eye beach break looking thing where like i just really like that they they have some chemistry there that they should maybe mess with and see how they can do um vicky had a spear you know because they're in uh, i think they were in el paso or something like that or they were in texas anyway um and so obviously you know you get the eddie stuff going on she had the spear like nice little references to her she's had a, she had a pretty good spear for like not having done any of that stuff for a while you know what i mean like that was like I, i'm sure edge taught her how to do a spear but like damn you know like i was like okay all right i'm um, not really sure what happened with the finish here but uh you know uh i believe it was nylon emmy picking up the win i think i want to say um so yeah um at this yes, point in the yes. show charlie i was like bro there's like 15 minutes left on the show what the hell is gonna get time you know nothing actually but i was like surprised i was like is there something that they're gonna give time to here like it's 15 minutes and we're like most of the matches through but you know so i was thinking a little bit here didn't end up uh mattering that much um yuka sakazaki took on vert vixen so this is our first instance of seeing vert vixen this week um vixen actually hit a really nice michinoku driver in this match um pick the one with the magical royal splash the big thing from this segment was athena coming out and hitting her with the belt from behind um and i actually liked the spot they did with the steps right where she like kind of put her leg in it and then kicked it like that was like athena i don't know if she just has like a good mind for these kinds of spots or something because i've seen a million people do a spot like that it just doesn't quite look right you know what i mean um or it looks like way worse than it actually was meant to be you know and i don't really like either because like you know i don't want it to feel like someone just broke their leg you know but i also don't want it to feel like they didn't just break their leg i don't know it's a fine line yeah um, and, and vert vixen again she's she's our defy women's world cha- women's champion aw has a good relationship with wrestlers in defy as mm-hmm. swerve is their world champion for example so you yeah. know it's it's still a newer promotion but they put out good stuff and vert vixen seriously is is one of those names where i think she's going to start popping up more regularly on oh, yeah. someone's programming whether it's yeah. you know ours whether it's mlw or wwe who knows she's going to start popping up somewhere she's she also been got, doing this for four years that's crazy she's pretty good for four years yes she, she is. also hit her with the with a nice potato boot right to the face love it um so get get that athena in this in there um and not, not to completely derail us but okay. I, I I just love what they're doing with Yuka Sakazaki. Her yeah, return I, has been so much fun to watch, and I hope it doesn't like go the way that all the Yuka returns have gone, which has just been like few like you know the same thing like we talk about. It. I don't know if it's just like there's like an adverse just to the uh, Joshi talent backstage or something, but like yeah, I just... well I think it's just one of those things that if they come over for a few months or a few weeks and just mm-hmm. head back to Japan for three months and then. It's kind of this weird they cycle. Give but... them a reason to want to stick around, is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Yeah, she's Whatever. but she's in her return now. We've seen Yeah, literally it was from September to Because if we can get Kanosuke, who was arguably the DDT guy when they brought him in, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he wanted to do stuff elsewhere, but he could have easily ended up back as a DDT guy. There's plenty of people that have come in for like our one shot and they ended up not signing. So, you know, like I don't know. I just I I would like to see them more because it feels like there's a giant hole in the women's division that has all these Joshi talent that are supposed to be the AW talent and they're just not for whatever reason, you know? Like well, and I guess it is worth noting uh Yuka wrestled in Japan yesterday. So, let's keep an eye on that of Yeah. Oh, and again she wrestles in her tag team known as the Magical Sugar Rabbits. I just thought I'd point that out. That is a hell of a tag team name. All right. Um <laughs> No, it's I. No, it's not, awesome, dude! Magical yeah, sugar rabbits—that's the kind of shit I would make. Absolutely. Um, 
and we had Josh Woods with Ari Davari and Smart Mark and Tony Nese taking on Manscow. Uh, he had a really good high knee, and then the, I think it's called the Rolling Chaos, that uh, rolling like uh, uh, German suplex that he does or whatever, um, with the extra torque on it. So good stuff there from Josh Woods. Love to see it. Still don't understand why this group exists um, at all. Um, it's like Trustbusters plus varsity athletes, and it's so weird. But anyway um and when the main event and i've said this a million weeks in a row and i'll keep saying it best friends can main event every episode of elevation and i will be just fine with it um we had them taking on aiden colt and frank stone um and I, yeah so I, I still stand by that statement um we had a gentlemanly bark by chuck taylor uh, which sounds like a cologne uh, that was something that was said on commentary <laughs> it sounds like a cologne brand gentlemanly bark um but but it also by Chuck Taylor even like literally sounds like a fucking like cologne brand bro. <laughs> Get your gent by gentlemanly bark by Chuck <laughs> it Taylor. It literally does though. <laughs> uh, picked up a win with a strong zero and an Omega Driver. I think that's what that move is called anyway. And uh, then after the W, they messed with Aubrey by putting her hand up and being like, "No, you." And they're like, "No," it's like, "No, you won the match." And they're like, "No, Aubrey," and they gave her a you know like Aubrey. Yeah, we are Aubrey Edwards stands here. So, you know, we're, this is we're, an Aubrey we're, Edwards stand account. <laughs> this is this is an Aubrey. This is an Aubrey pod anyway. um, But yeah, no, I mean, um, oh, God, I'm being attacked by the cat. Help take over. Ah, 183. <laughs> yes, AW Dark 183 tape from Universal. All right. We had Angelo Parker and Matt Menard defeat Fuego de Sol and Leon Ruffin. What are they doing with Fuego, man? Come on. But yeah, this was a pretty extended match. Um, usually, Daddy Magic and Cool Aunt Ange get rid of their shit pretty quick. But but uh, yeah, Fuego and Leon got their asses whooped. And, but they sold it for a good amount. It was a pretty, like I said, good length here. I'm always down with that. So, Lexi Nair, she's backstage with Christopher Daniels. Said this is his 30th year in professional wrestling. Everyone wants to be an AW, and just because of experience doesn't mean he should just be given a spot. He has to earn it. Experience trumps youth every time, and he signed an open contract. So whoever accepts, or whoever answers, better say their prayers. Mesa Ruga, she's out there with Bali and Aki. She defeated Hyena Hara. We noticed her last week. She's, I thought she looked all right. She's very new into wrestling, it looked like. I believe we looked it up, and she got her start, uh, I believe, in 2021. So... Uh, very, very new. Uh, the highlight here is Mace Ruga biting her. <laughs> um, yeah. T- Taz and Excalibur went on an apple riff since her nickname is the Apple Girl. So, that was pretty funny. We had varsity athletes with oh, Mark Sterling defeat Allen and Cameron. Sid Mark Sterling. Yeah, defeated uh, Allen and uh, Cameron Russell. After Tony Nese, you know, he was doing his poses, his strikes. Woods, you know, got off some good strikes. And, yeah, there there wasn't much here again. I, we're kind of flying. It, it's hard not to fly through some of this when it's just, you know. Basically, the, the whole point of all this is just for the result. Basically, Sabian yeah. defeated Gravity. Gravity is the brother of Bandito and Sabian. He's listed at 5'11". Taz was given information that Gravity is actually John Mayer. <laughs> the Wait, way he delivered it is he actually he actu- related to bandito does bandito have like nine brothers is that what i'm learning I, I i think he actually is related to bandito but they sold it as taz was trying to get dirt on the guy and he got fake dirt because he was told that he's related to john mayer and it actually popped me it was a pretty good it was a pretty good seller by taz 
Um, Gravity, you know, he looked pretty decent. But I think Kip Sabian, this was a tune-up match for uh, his Dynamite match. Let's see. Lexi Nair was with Mark Sterling in the Varsity Athletes. Uh, Sterling said domination is what's next for them. And he said Woods is the best partner he's ever had. I like that. Uh, Trent of Best Friends was shown working out, sort of saying he teamed with Nice in 2007. Nice called him the Marty of the team and challenged him to a match next week. You know what? Trent is the Marty of the team because Chuck Taylor's the Shawn Michaels. He's the fucking goat of commentary. They just don't let him do it. Zach Clayton defeated Dan the Dad Adams. It was only a matter of time until he returned. We were uh, he he got over big time in his Dark Elevation match, and uh, yeah, it's nice to see him back. Zach Clayton kind of just took quick advantage of him. Uh, Exploder suplex into the corner. Wait, who? Into a fisherman suplex to give him the win. Dude, son of a bitch. I, I sold it. Here we go. Yeah. That just ear fucked someone. I'm sorry. Should have been me. All right. <clears throat> Fuck. Brock Anderson and Brian. <laughs> Brock Anderson and Brian Pilma Jr. defeated Jeeves K and Sonny Kiss. Hey, are they listening to us? No, uh, let's 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 get more Sonny Kiss and less Slim J. I'm cool with that. I like the Anderson and Pilma getting the win here. Is this the new team? Uh, I still think Armed and Dangerous would work. I, yeah. I don't care what anybody says. And fuck you on commentary. I don't care what you think. They work. They, what makes them interesting is that they're different. Quit saying this, Taz. Stop it. Anyway. Um, yeah, agreed. I also agree with Universal. Slim J is not it. Um, yeah, no, he's not. Um, Lexi Nero's with Ryan Nemeth, who just wanted a quick uh, some glitz and glamour of Hollywood. He did an Andy Kaufman promo telling fans who hate him to go buy soap and wash themselves for two minutes. Nemeth did the let's go hunt. Let's go hunk chat and left. I literally wrote in my in my notes, the hunk is drunk. I don't know why, but I did. Christopher Daniels defeated Serpentico. Remix Jones showed up as Taz sang along with the Spanish announce project theme. Can we blame him though? That theme is a total fucking banger. It's growing less on and, me over time. And every actually. time I hear Taz, we just gotta, you know. Yes. Whenever Remix Jones shows up, I gotta give it a shout out. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought Serpentico had a really uh, clean, quick flatliner to Daniels when he, and then he was sent outside. Lutheran and Helico double team Daniels. Bryce Remsberg was distracted. Serpentico hit a low DDT for the two. Daniels hit, fired back, got an STO in, trading some near falls, a double clothesline. Serpentico avoided the Angel Wings, took the ref out. But this time, the distraction blew up in his face. Miscommunication allowed Daniels to hit the BME to put away Serpentico. Artivari defeated Jay Spade. Diamante defeated Ultraviolet. But about Diamante, bro, why is she never on TV? Like, I feel like, you know, I think there's like half the women's division is just never used at all. Yeah, I, I think this is just her role. She's just, she is one of those people Rough. where she's like an Abaddon. She gets, a, she has a good record. She gets in random good spots, but she's never really brought to the main show. Main show. Disappointing. Dalton Castle and the boys defeated Larry Lizard, Terry Yaki, and Jay Lucas. Terry Yaki. The good. He's been on before. That's a yeah. great name. Yeah, it is a great name. It gets me every time. But then our main event was Kenosuke Takeshita defeating Bronson. There wasn't much here, but this was a solid main event for Takeshita's uh, third win in three weeks on Dark. He's uh picking up wins and he's picking up wins in his column, you know. 
He's one of the hotter baby faces in AEW right now. And Honestly, dude, this is like one of Kanosuke's. This is not a bad match, I don't think, but it's one of Kanosuke's like weaker matches, and it's not his fault. I feel like Bronson yeah. is just not very good, you know? Which is unfortunate. I just think the Iron Savages are just not it. So Mm-mm. it's unfortunate. Even the reps they get, they they repackaged him. Actually, one of them, the other one, uh, Boulder, I think actually could have some potential, but I just, you know, maybe. But he needs to be taken away from from the buried country. It's, it's sorry, it's what they are. <laughs> Quite literally. Um. All right, let's jump into dynamite. The sky is falling to according to social media. Okay, we so kick it off note. with uh, uh the in memoriam graphic for Jerry Jarrett. Um, Excalibur welcomed us to the show. Jeff Jarrett and his crew made his way to the ring. Jarrett wanted to push on. This was a big thing for him. And uh, yeah, I thought this was a, uh, a a fun little opener. And, you know, they did a good job here putting over Orange Cassidy on the commentary. Mm-hmm. It's time people start acknowledging his title reign. And it, it is a big deal. His title reign has been fantastic. He has done remarkable things to that title. He's arguably been the strongest male champion we've had in some time. Right? Yeah. I mean, you take it back to even the Moxley run. He he got beat fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. If we're kayfabing it here, Orange Cassidy's on one hell of a run with this champion, and he has not been beat. And he's beaten legends like Shibata. So this this title run is no fucking joke. And I remember it saying like fucking a year ago that if I ever put a title on Orange Cassidy, it would be one of the greatest title runs of all time. I yeah. feel like I'm validated in that opinion at this point. And I I believe you are too. So, okay. Any any other notes you had from this match, or I, I just kind of um, the match itself I, was I, just dude, yeah. I asked a couple weeks back, like maybe a month ago, for Sanjay to get back in the ring because I just wanted to see him wrestle, and I got my wish. It's so good. Um, and he did he did exactly what I would have expected him to do too. He did like sort of a comedy character because that's kind of what he does. He's really funny and he's really energetic, and I just loved it. It was good stuff. Um, it makes sense actually, for Doug dude, to get okay. pinned here too. By the way. Yeah, Satnam took a fucking bump off of the Famister that I thought actually looked really good for that guy being that size. You know what I mean? Um, like, he might actually have, he might be slowly, slowly. Like, I would love if they just debuted Satnam, like, fully on his singles match, and he just was actually an incredibly insane wrestler. Like, that would be awesome. Um, that would be so neat. <laughs> uh, yeah, our match our match ended here with uh, Sanjay Dutt getting dropped with the Scissor Me Timbers. Bowens hit the pin. They claimed that a stare down with the guns post match before scissoring with Daddy Ass and Cassidy. I thought this was a fun little spot to stick Orange Cassidy. I'm not gonna lie uh-huh. because you know what? So many times he unfortunately gets pigeonholed where he can only be out there with his best with the best friends. Mm-hmm. Was not the case here. And oh my god, what they're doing later with him, dude? Yes, that storyline is gonna. That has been something I, I completely. It's something forgot we talked about. about right after he won the title. Yes, It'd be really dude. great, and because especially at the time, because Wheeler, I don't think had the pure title at the time. But yeah, yeah, oh, that's gonna be good. Video package of Danielson quest to the Iron Man match. What a fucking package! It says the Boogeyman is gonna get MJF. I'm gonna be honest. I'm starting to believe he's gonna fucking win this thing. I, I'm gonna dude, see how Brian I feel the Danielson, week before we do it. But. Why does the IWC? I don't know if they still say this, but why do they still think that he's not that good of a promo? Like, yeah, no, he's Brian Danielson is when he turns it on, dude. He's one of the best in the business at everything, you know. Like, 
and he will he he will go down as one of the goats, like the legitimate greatest wrestlers I, of all I time. Think, yeah, I think I think it's pretty undisputable at this point. You can make an argument that Kenny might be the best wrestler in the world right now, I think, or that somebody else might be the best wrestler. Like Will Ospreay, maybe. Yeah. Will slowly turn to me. The on, fact that they're in the same company should just like blow everyone's fucking mind. By the yes. way. Which is why they had that match on Dynamite that went to a draw because they knew they, they had needed to. to have that match. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, so Brian Danielson, when it all is said and done, I think when people look back when he's been out for like 10 years and there's not anybody that comes along anytime in the future that's like Brian Danielson, I think people are going to, I think there'll be a time when we have a Daniel Garcia that's maybe on the same level that maybe at peak Danielson was, but he'll never quite reach the level because, and it's not anything against DG. I love Daniel Garcia, but there's something unique about the way Brian Danielson sees wrestling. That and his whole, yeah, and the whole career, the different eras, the ROH, the WWE, and he, I mean, and now this AW and post whatever happens next after AW, who knows? Maybe he goes to Japan. That, that would I mean, be incredible. He just, he finishes AEW contract and then he signs with New Japan and then starts wrestling New Japan and like uh, Mexico and also showing up at AEW occasionally. Like that would and be I'll insane. Be, I will be fucking there for it because I'm fucking down. Yeah, and I know you will too. Uh, ROH champion Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley defeated Rush and Preston Vance Perro Peligroso in a Texas Tornado match. I thought this was a little clunky to start, but it cranked up pretty good in the second half of it. This turned into a war, and it's starting to feel like Rush might be the guy to challenge Claudio, which that is enough to sell a ticket to me, straight up. But... Yeah, let me uh let me jump through this match a little bit and then we'll get some thoughts on it. Pretty much Rush and Vance attacked prior to the commercial. Uh the match officially began when we returned. Excalibur referenced how Vance and Moxley's previous matches resulted in Moxley steamrolling Vance. Again, all wrestling lore is lore in AEW, especially a- sometimes except for AEW's own lore. That was not the case here. They made sure to mention it cuz you and I came on here that week and we lit it up. We were like this is fucking stupid. Preston Vance had been getting built up on Dark. Ten had been getting built up, built up. He was winning even on the main show. He picked up a win. Moxley beat him in what? 35 seconds? Something along those lines. And yeah, we it was like, like this. So confused. We were like, this what was, is happening? It was complete bullshit to Vance because we we knew it then how good this guy is. And clearly when, when Rouge, Jose, Andrade, all these guys fucking see it too. Well, I'll tell you what it is about Vance, right? It's like when you see him without his mask which I had seen via Ethan Page's vlog, weirdly. Um, and I, when I saw how Greg just like, and again, I, I, a good-looking guy doesn't need to be who is your fucking... But like, I was just thinking at the time, I was like, I didn't even want him to turn heel yet, but I was just thinking, good-looking guy obviously has to betray the Dark Order in some way in order to leave because they're not just going to let him walk. You know, he's like the biggest guy in the group, you know? Not biggest like in terms of like um, stardom, but like meat man, you know? Um so he's gonna have to do that, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna be a heel. He could just be going out, you know, striking out on his own, all like Wardlow when he first left MJF. You know, um, I think that his combination of his size, the like way he can move and actually can do stuff in the ring. Because when we first saw this guy, he was like struggling with stuff. You know, you could tell. I don't know if he was on like roids at the time, probably not. But he, if he was just not used to his new size yet, maybe or something, like maybe he was beefing up and he was still trying to get used to wrestling with that size, you know? Um, he's just got that combination that makes him a perfect for to be a heel, you know? Good looking, he does. big BD man. That's perfect heel stuff right there, you know? Absolutely. And 
basically kind of as we start getting down here, Moxley's getting he gets into the striking battle with Roosh. Vance clocks Moxley in the head with a chain wrapped fist for a two count. Vance poured down the punches with the chain. Claudio finally recovered. He made the save, dished out punches with the chain to Vance, busted him open. The giant swing on Vance got about 12 rotations before we got each team just slugging it out. Roosh and Claudio had a face-off until Jose attacked Claudio with a chair. This led to Willie Yuta beating him up the ramp to the back. Roosh calls for the bull's horn. Casanoli speared him midair. Casanoli and Roosh spilled outside. Vance tried to hang Moxley with the chain, but Moxley reversed and choked out Vance with the chain to win it. <laughs> I I, th- I wrote down during this match, I think Roosh would be a phenomenal opponent for Claudio right now. He would, man. He really would. It would be I, awesome. And if that's where they're headed, like I said, that's enough to sell my ticket. So, yeah. Uh, I think that was, I think that accomplished what it wanted to. Again, I, I think it just got a little bit of a clunky start and maybe put a bad taste in some people's mouth. But that was a fun match. I That was... As I told you, that was almost the one I picked as my favorite. So it was between that and the two matches that we covered. So good stuff there. It was a good match. Hangman Page is then shown being attacked by the Butcher Blade. Kip Sabian backstage. Dark Order ran in to save their former buddy. Jim Ross. Buddy old guy. That friend. Their little toaster strudel. Sometimes they pick him up and paint. (laughs) I don't know where I'm going. I'm sorry. I don't know either, but it sounds all hilarious. Anyway, um. Something about poking holes in him. I don't know. Uh, Jim Ross is having a sit-down interview with Wardlow, who said he shared some personal stories with Joe when they were teaming. Wardlow shared the story with us, how he looked up to his father, who we had somewhat rocky relationship with. Why did he get so serious there? I'm sorry. His father had stage four cancer, uh, but was able to see his son wrestle at his first independent show. Wow, I, I'm like really smiley right now talking about stage four cancer. I'm sorry, Wardlow. You're all good. You're all good. After he passed, Wardlow said he grew, a, grew his beard and hair all out right, for all him. All right, I got this. I got Joe this. this is Wardlow, Wardlow was talking about his dad and how obviously it really inspired Fuck, I got him. the giggles. It's okay. It's okay. It happens to the best of us. You were just going on a fucking roll there with the with the book in the holes, brother. It's okay. And uh, I'm sure Wardlow, were he to hear this, would not under, would not take that as disrespect because I'll tell you right now, Wardlow, it wasn't meant that way. But um, the yeah, he was just talking about how how it kind of inspired him, how the reason why he's been driven to be so good and why he will not just take no, I'm not going to be this big meaty man, I'm going to be the Wardlow that I know that I can be, is because it was so important to him for his father to see him like that, you know um and absolutely even though he didn't get to obviously see him debut in AEW, i don't know if he said this but it was kind of like subtextually implied um that he really wished he would have been able to see him get to that bigger stage you know um but at the same time it's that that keeps him going and that basically um there was a, a connection i do you, now that you've had a second to to calm down what was the connection between him and joe with this other than he told joe and then like i'm i i there was a connection made. I wasn't quite sure. Uh, he just pretty much said Joe knew this and took it from him. The connection to his father. Joe might have survived oh, his every hair. Monster. He grew out his hair and beard for yeah, yeah. his dad. That's what it was. I knew I was missing something. I couldn't remember. Joe exactly might have survived every monster. And I was like, I like that they took that thing that we said a while back where he kind of basically bitched him out by cutting his hair and ponytail off. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, it, it was a good touch. And uh, yeah, yeah that, was, that was some good stuff. But uh, yeah, man, Hangman Page getting holes poked in him, man. That fucked me up. Uh, happens to the best of us. <laughs> we had ROH tag team champion Mark Briscoe defeating Josh 
They, the they don't call Johnny the Meat Man for no reason. Mr. Meat. The Meat Castle. Uh, there was a standing ovation for Briscoe. He's Wait, just... is that the name of the tag team that you put between Hungy and, and Dalton Castle? <laughs> Meat Castle. <laughs> it would work, dude. But the redneck kung fu was on display. Uh, I thought Josh Woods looked perfectly fine here. Uh, Briscoe hit a really clean razor's edge for two. Missed the J-Driller. Woods hit a pure chaos for two of his own. Their trade encounters. Briscoe hit a rolling DVD. Pointed to the sky. Connected with the froggy bow for the win. I liked, uh, we got a little shot of, uh, I wrote them as the brothers Lucha, but the Lucha Bros in the, in the you know, t- taking the match in. So do you think um, we could see Penta versus uh, Mark Briscoe down the line? That'd be fun. Yeah, and... Uh, I think they have history from Ring of Honor, don't they? I want to say. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some history, and if not, they've probably always wanted to wrestle him. And Absolutely. That was probably one of those matches that they always wanted to have, Briscoe's versus the Lucha Brothers. So if they didn't already have it... Um, but yeah, perfectly fine. Josh Woods, we we knew what this match was going to be, but it was uh, it was solid. I still think Josh Woods came across well, and he he seems to do pretty well when they put him on TV. It's like he knows, you know what I mean. Like he knows he doesn't get these opportunities that often, but he takes what he can get. You know, um, I really He's wish very he wasn't involved. Advantage with of his opportunities. I, really I hope is. they pull him from the varsity athletes soon. I just really hope, unless they just take that whole faction and put it in Ring of Honor, which I would also be okay with. I'm getting I, the vibe that those two guys are really good, like. IRL best friends and they want to make it work oh, him more and than Nies? anything. Oh yeah, I, I, and I think so. Yeah, they seem pretty tight. They just they, it needs to click, and maybe maybe it's kicking out Sterling that makes it click. I don't know. Who knows? Oh, dude, hear, hear me out. Okay, Davari is already a manager of the Trustbusters, right? Why not just have him fold them into the group? I'm not saying the Trustbusters eat seven people in it, but you could like. You could play with that, like maybe just have him manage them going forward, and be like, "Ah, I have them on retainer." Like how MJF had like the the firm, like, "Yeah, I, I just paid for these guys because I've worked with them a few times, and they seem pretty good." So, yeah, and it would be it'd be pretty cool. So, I just I just recently got a I don't know why I get these random notifications, but I've I got a notification for this like. uh fantasy booking of double or nothing 2023 and we're gonna go on we're gonna talk about that after rampage because this would be fucking okay insane. so is it like so okay all right yeah we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do some uh where's dave batista at we're gonna do a little fantasy fun booking after we're gonna do a little fantasy booking after uh rampage here so rampage baby Brené paquette sat down with adam cole said he couldn't be happier that they're back on the road with aw He's discouraged he's not in the ring, but many victors are what he's come to appreciate. Looking at the AW roster, he has a few ideas on who he wants to face, but he will keep that to himself. It'll be good for all elite wrestling and good for Adam Cole when he returns. Um, MJF makes his entrance prior to the commercial. He threw a fan's phone, tossed a drink in another fan's face, threw a piece of gum at uh, one of the guys on Fightful, uh, Will Washington's Day After Dynamite. I actually caught it this week. And the person he did the show with was the guy that got MJF's gum thrown at him. Oh, it was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this MJF promo. Did you want to? Did you want to break this one down on kind of where it went from here? What, what did you think of this promo and bringing out Christopher Daniels? Thought that was a nice little call. Did we miss this on Dynamite? I have it listed in my Dyn. Oh wait, we were still on Dynamite. My brain was broken. All right. Um. I don't know why I thought we were on the rampage because you, the way you phrased that, my brain immediately was like, "Oh, go to rampage notes." Anyway, yeah, no, um, yeah. So, 
I actually thought this was a really great example of MJF not doing his MJF thing necessarily. He did it to an extent with the free and the post, you know, when he was messing with the crowd, but he was just selling the match here, man. That's all this was. He was like basically being like, fuck all of you guys. You know how good this is about to be. You know what you're getting. This is a once in a lifetime experience that you're getting Danielson versus MJF. And you basically just need to understand that I'm not going to let him just waltz off with this championship. He's not as good as you think he is, blah, 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 blah. He's, you know, he's just like everybody else in the wrestling business. There's only one thing that motivates him. And in bringing out Christopher Daniels, like I said, he hit the classic AEW knock your dick in the dirt line. Um, I don't know why everyone loves that line in AEW so much. It's got to be some backstage joke. It's got to be like someone said, I'm going to go out there and say I'm going to knock his dick in the dirt. And Tony was like, don't come on. You can't say that. And he was like, I'm going to do it anyway. You cry and stop me. And they're like, all right. So now everyone says it. And Tony's just backstage like, fuck. But anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, it was another example of all the history being real in AEW. I didn't really um, talk about, I don't know if you mentioned this in your dark stuff, but uh, that promo that Danielson, Danielson, yep. Daniels cut yeah. on, yeah, about 30 years in pro wrestling, it kind of tied into all that. Like he's seen everything and he knows when he sees a good wrestler, he knows how good Brian Danielson is. Um, so I, I, like I said, good selling of the match. We need to start doing that. We're building up to the pay-per-view. So uh, I thought this was really great. MJF just proving that he can, not that he's never proven that before, but he's just doing that instead of going out there and just getting himself over or making the crowd hate him more, you know, he actually just sold the match for me, which I really was happy to see. Yeah, very well put. Um, And yeah, I I thought it was interesting. It was a bold decision to bring Daniels out and I thought it worked. He immediately was, you know, saying, I know you paid me for this, but fuck you. (laughs) I thought that was a nice little touch. Yeah, handed him the fucking money back. I said, fuck that. I ain't going to trash this man. Quick video package of the guns celebrating their tag team victory last week. Colton said they've had 10 televised matches and are teaming for one year. Come revolution. Welcome to the gun show. I don't like these. It looks weird with the titles. I'm not going to lie. I, sh- I don't want to say I don't like it. It just, it looks a little strange. But I guess we'll have to get used to it, right? I mean, yeah, for at least, for at least until revolution, right? So. Jungle Boy Jack Perry defeated ROH six-man champion Brian Cage. This wasn't as good as their winner's coming match, but, you know, I think it just, it it unfortunately suffered from a lot of picture-in-picture. Picture. Uh, some good action, though. They have some good chemistry together. The return of Christian Cage kind of puts a, a hurdle in front of Jack and his quest for gold. As we know, that's his next, that's what he wants. He'll finally have to end this feud if he wants to have that happen. Um, but if you go on the kayfabe, the last time they saw, the, one of the last times we saw him fighting, it was him costing Luchasaurus a championship that he was he wanted him to go after. So maybe that's what we get here. I really don't want that to be the story they're going with here, but it feels like that would be appropriate given what the last thing these two interacted really was. Besides them trying to have you know have to have that match that ended up not working out, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I so two. I had two questions written in my notes for you on this. Okay. Who would you want to see um, Jungle Boy challenge for a championship if he was going to just do it all of a sudden? Um, I, I would I would want to see the Orange Cassidy match. Okay, it'd be a really good match. Yep. I agree. Um, was this kind of the same? I mean, what well, you said it wasn't, but it was. It kind of felt like kind of the same as the match that they had they had last, where it didn't really feel like they did anything special, you know? It, it didn't. But even that match, I thought I liked a little. I don't know. I felt different about it the next day uh, compared to how I felt after this one. This one, I just feel like didn't even. Honestly, I, I, I didn't feel like anything happened. 
and maybe that was return in, intentional because they knew they were going to just bring yeah. Christian Cage out right after. And that's um, that's the unfortunate thing I think of what we were just kind of talking about with Brian Cage a little earlier that he gets in these matches that really don't have an end goal for is, him ever. Is Luchasaurus hurt right now? I think so. I, I yeah, I believe so because I would have thought he would have been with him, but if he wasn't, it must be because he's injured. I'm thinking because I remember I want to say I heard that a while back from you, and I just don't remember. But I, I if he is, you know, obviously recover. But like I did. I was like, huh, it did feel like there was something missing with the with without him there, but then if there's nothing you can do about it, you know. He could be one of those guys where we see him return, but yeah, he had a injured right arm uh back around November fifteenth. So the next like literally like two minute segment from from the show, by the way, that we're we're I feel like we're gonna spend like five minutes on it because some significant shit happened in it, like that I did not expect to just be thrown into a random episode of Dynamite in an interview, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Um but uh, Cage versus Perry is going to be pretty good. I, I, I think that's going to be a big – we need Jack to have another one of those matches where he reminds everyone who the fuck he is, and he can do that. Renee has informed us that at Revolution, the Guns will defend their titles against two teams. The first will be the winners of a traditional tag team battle royal next week. Cool. The following week, a casino battle royal will determine the third team. Also cool. They claim the daddy ass showed up and said that they were screwed out of their titles. They are making this a four-way so apparently that's official. I don't. So here's, here's why I wanted to bring this up and why I think we spend like five minutes on this. So they said they were instituting their rematch clause, which is supposed to not be a thing in AEW. And I don't think it is. I think. Yeah, I, I, I know. Think I don't he, think he Bowen said, said that without. I don't think he said that for no reason. I think I think I was thinking this in the moment. I was like, you know, honestly, they probably do need to just do that because there are some times when I'm just like, I want to see more from this. And it's the end of maybe it's one of those things where if you were a champion for a long time, you have Tony, you know, will give you the option. I really wish they would have just said, we talked to Tony Khan. We, you know. You stole I mean, this title from like they, us. Yeah, it feels like they set it up in a way where they didn't need to say rematch clause. No, right? they didn't. I, so that I felt, think that's why it feels intentional to me. You know what I mean? Because why and, say that if you didn't need to? You know, like I feel like maybe they want to institute that idea going forward because well, we know we so know they feuds. write their own promos. So I think it was I, yeah, they cleared true. whoever they they whoever they sold it to. They clearly Tony knew about it and he wrote it off. He thought it was good. I just wish they would have been like, we talked to Tony. You guys screwed us out of our match were in it it's now a four-way you could have it would have accomplished the same thing because i don't i don't think we need a rematch clause darby I, doesn't I just need think another it's shot a nice you know it's just nice to have i think that's why wwe has it because it's not necessarily something that you need to pull every time yeah because you exactly. can make the argument that some wrestlers don't need they're like if no, you're gonna be selective about it sure sure i can totally i'm down with that um but yeah the uh i don't have the teams right now of who is in the battle royale next week, but we got some little previews. Well, we know, we know of one team that'll be in one of them at least, right? So you know, which is the the Aussie Open, right? Yeah, I just don't know if they're in the casino or the other one. <laughs> I'll have to. Uh... I think they were in the casino one. That's what I think, but I could. Be okay. Wrong. Yeah, so that would be. I, I'm I'm down with that, and yeah, our next little thing here was the uh, elite segment that was pretty much setting up their match. We don't need to spend much time on that. Hangman Adam Page defeated Kip Sabian. This was a pretty quick win for Page, um, despite Sabian getting the attack in. But the post-match is, I think, the uh, the bigger story here. So 
what did you what did you think of this match? And then uh, uh, we'll we'll jump into the post match. Yeah, so we had the evil drip cowboy Kip Sabian taking on Hangman Page. Um, Kip did a flip in the ring. That was cool. Um, Hangman, uh, Hangman, like flipping, like getting flipped by the lariat. So like he hit a lariat. I think he hit a lariat and then he like flipped through it himself because it was so violent. Or maybe he got lariat hit. I don't know. Something happened. There was a good lariat spot. How about that? Um, I feel like this match could be more, you know, I feel like I would like to see this match in a situation where they're not, you know, where Kip is actually able to feud with Hangman, you know, because I think that'd be really good. Um, Even but, last week, I said this could be a Kip Sabian legacy match kind of as a joke, but the match ended up kind of feeling like a bit of a, a nothing burger. But yeah, like a, a bit of an afterthought. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the main the main thing with this was the post match Mox comes out, cuts a promo, surrounds the ring with the BCC. And um, basically calls him an emo cowboy, says he has no friends. That's when the Dark Order enter. And then essentially at some point throughout the rest of the segment where they're kind of going back and forth, uh, he challenges him to a te- Texas death match at Revolution. Um, which, again, I've been saying for a while now, Hangman has become like the Texas death match person, which I, I, I'm, I'm down for. It's a really interesting like, add to his character. He started when he was champion, you know, like he got a little bit of an edge as champion after facing Daniel. It's, it's a good look for him. Yeah. And now he wants to fight everyone to, to, literally to the death, you know, so I respect that. It should be really interesting. Um, I There's been two Hangman Texas death matches and one of them I really liked and one of them I thought was okay. So I think it's kind of, but it's Mox and Mox is like the fucking death match, the garbage indie deathmatch style guy so i mean you know um it could be really really good or just really like not but we will have to see i mean it's revolution they'll they're gonna go big and bad and beyond with it you know so we'll see we'll see very well put yeah and uh i thought evil uno looked really good here he looked very serious he even pie-faced moxley said he's not afraid of him and that kind of gave a look in his mind in a look in moxley's eyes like he's i'm gonna fucking kill you for that which i thought you know, quick little one week setup for a match that I don't mind. I don't think will be a bad match at all. We have Shivani is backstage with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho said Ricky Starks won't be getting his rematch. He's not on Jericho's level. Dana Garcia said this isn't Ricky Starks' time. This Friday, he's going to expose Starks as an absolute fraud. An absolute fraud. Sammy's, so, Sammy's just chilling in the back like, hey, I'm in here in the back. You can barely see me. I'm here there, buddy. <laughs> Tony Schiavone. Schiavone. Is backstage with Schiavone. Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and an injured Stokely Hathaway, who demands Hook should be suspended for his actions last week. Schiavone said he's been told Hook has been suspended upon investigation. Taz was not too pleased on commentary learning this info. He's just kind of a... I don't know what the end game here is, but okay. Our main event of the evening. We had Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho defeat Tony Storm and Dr. Britt Baker. Ruby Soho with the biggest win of her fucking AEW career yet, defeating two former champions in the main event of Dynamite. I, I think the story that they're telling with Soho here is really fun. Unfortunately, I think the match itself a little clunky. It didn't it, it didn't feel like a big match like I was kind of hoping it would. I think the finish here is perfect. 
I I like the wrench in the storyline being, you know, Ruby wants that AEW Women's Championship. Um, Soraya painted an L on Tony Storm's uh, booty and she went for the uh, sweet cheek with the L painted on her cheeks. It's pretty good. Um, why? Okay, why people had such an issue with that, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't understand why people get have such an issue about it. It's just fun. Clearly, they it's. I think it's like an NWO thing, right? That's what they want this to be like. They're having fun with it. My cat is going apeshit right now. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I don't know why they had such a problem. I but saw like a bunch you, of posts on social media. I was like, why do you again? Care? I think it was it was people just the sky is falling thing. They they were just taking now an open season to dunk on this and. You know, quite literally, the Young Bucks were dunking the Friday night. So, literally, yeah, what what did you think of this match? And uh, is Ruby our next champion? Um, I, maybe. I mean, she could potentially be. Um, Ruby's best ability, in my opinion, in her in her repertoire, is her ability to adapt to just about anybody she's wrestling and actually make a good match out of it. So, um, I thought it was really funny that Taz caught like all the stray bullets on commentary during this match for like no reason at all, and it just all started going after Taz. I don't know why, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really have any criticism for the match. I don't know if dragging the story out is necessarily a good thing. I kind of would have liked to have some. It felt like this was a conclusive moment, and it didn't end up being that for the story. So, um, oh, I'm thinking this thing's just getting started. That's yeah, that's what I mean. Like I, I was thinking yeah. maybe we get something on the pay per view with this, and we might still, but I don't know if it'll be like you know what AEW hasn't done in forever, dude. We should have some backstage segments on these pay per views. Remember when they just brought Swerve out and said, "Yeah, he signed." Like that was good. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you know what? I think this is going to go. This is my guess right now before anything happens. I think we have Ruby versus Jamie Hayter at the pay-per-view. Okay. Jamie beats her. Okay. Ruby finally has a respect, officially joins her team. And then that's when we get the next partner in Soraya and Tony Storm's team as they attack them. And that's how you finally get your first three. Like, I mean, if you were going to bring in Jade, that'd be yeah. a way to do it. Have Jade pick up a big win against somebody who's not like built up that much or like a quick one, two week build for her, get her on the pay-per-view and then just have her show up, have her in the middle of the card and then have her show up and toward the end of the show. You know, which... With Rio returning, maybe, maybe you run Jade and Rio. That's maybe, a big, that'd, yeah, that'd be that'd a be big match for Jade. I, I think, and that's a former champion, your first champion. So yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on that. Sweet cheek music will always get me. I, I just, <laughs> I, I, it, it always gets me. Oh, I have the teams for the traditional okay. tag team battle royal. Oh, sick. Okay, I didn't see sick, them. Sick, 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 sick. Best friends. Jarrett and Lethal. Butcher Brothers. Butcher and Blade. Tony Nese and Ari Davari. Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Matt Menard and Angela, excuse me, Angela Parker. Okay. That seems pretty solid. We'll take our pick on who we think is going to win at the end of the show, but. Okay. Yeah. Okay. AW Rampage. Rampage, baby. We covered the beginning. Lexi and Air interviewed the gun club. They're trying to make the welcome to the gun cl- gun show a thing. Colton uh, called Lexi Renee. I didn't even notice. That's pretty good. <laughs> I only caught it because I just happened to rewatch people have watched Dino or Rampage and, right before we did this. So. And then we get the Mark Henry interview with Orange Cassidy. This is fucking brilliant, by the way. I, I I can't put this over enough. 
Yeah. He's interviewing Orange Cassidy about his 18 match winning streak, putting him over heavy as a champion. He's putting respect on Orange Cassidy's championship reign. This is something they should be acknowledging. He's yes. an AEW original. This is a new title. It it has they have to present it as something like this. So when he's eventually beaten, it's a big deal. And that might not be for a long time. It might not be. He's doing great so far. I don't know why I have no reason why you would take it off of him. Yeah. Unless unless you really wanted to push. And now um, we get an upcoming match here. And uh he was interrupted by ROH peer champion Wheeler Yuta. Yuta was salty about the treatment he received when he was with the best friends. They didn't teach him anything, and they treated him like a clown. They replaced him with a clown. Yuta challenged Cassidy for his All-Atlantic title. Cassidy didn't want to be Yuta's teacher, but his friend. Cassidy accepts the challenge. This was made official for Dynamite later in the show. Pretty much said, you know, you guys always... I I wanted to be there for you, and you guys would bully me, and now I became the bully. I am the badass. I'm in the Blackpool Combat Club, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we needed this payoff for a while, and I'm glad. Honestly, dr- like leaving it st- like stew for a while and let Cassidy go on his run, that was a great decision because you could have had this match as a non-championship, just blood feud, and then maybe it would have gone somewhere. But I think now that you have two of these guys, both champions, both have gone in different directions, there's so much more to play with there. So it's a really great decision in my opinion. Yeah, it is. And I had I had literally almost forgotten Yuta was in that group because of how he much he's He was kind changed. of a background member. Like, he was always just – it was – it was honestly, him getting out of that group was the best thing that ever happened to that his career because he was only getting brought out, like, every like month, one match, and they'd all be out there with him. So it would kind of take the spotlight off of him. He'd look good, but it was more about the – you know, it was just the best friends were just chilling there. And so, you know, like, I – yeah, I think I, this could be a really, really, really – good match like i think it will be yeah starks ended up defeating daniel garcia uh he did the undertaker's rope walk on garcia jericho noted was quite the undertaking garcia caught starks with a dragon screw leg whip in the ropes sent him to the floor with a shoulder block we'll get a split screen uh garcia hit a really nice float over suplex and worked on ricky's leg after the break starks went for the spear but he collapsed because of his bad leg starks caught garcia charging it in with a clothesline Starks hit an overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Starks hit a blue thunderbomb for another near fall. Starks then goes on to block Garcia's attempt at a dragon screw leg whip. Garcia hit a urinagi for the near fall. Garcia locks Starks in the dragon tamer, also known as a scorpion deathlock or sharpshooter. Starks tried to make the ropes, but Sammy came out to pull the ropes away. Action Andretti ran in to attack Guevara, and they brawled to the back. It's a really weird spot here where... It, I. Andretti was swinging at nothing for a little bit too long. I, I I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I haven't watched it back. Maybe I completely missed something. Back in the ring, Starks hit Garcia with a spear, delivered the Rochambeau to get the pinfall. Ricky Starks is a fantastic spear. I don't think it's talked about enough. The guy hits a good one. Yeah. After the match, Guevara came out to the commentary, demanded a match with Action Andretti, was made official for next week's Rampage. I think that could be a fun little match. Sammy Guevara and Action Andretti. I like this action Andretti guy, and Sammy yes. always puts on a good match. I think that's going to be a flippy-dippy-flippy. Yes. How did we get here with Ricky, man? Um, I feel like he they were with him for a little bit, right? In the lead-up to the match with MJF, and even after a little bit, when he first beats Jericho. And now it kind of feels like weird. Are we going it's, backwards? Like, No, it's, it's that it's so long in between a pay-per-view that it feels like we're treading water. Until the week before, he's going to get a big spot. 
And at the pay-per-view, he's either going to beat Jericho or lose. He better fucking win. And I think this pre build up to the pay-per-view match has been so long. I hope they don't do it again. Like the Eddie thing, the Eddie thing, it was about a three week build up to the pay-per-view. And then you could deliver after the pay-per-view keep going forward. This has been about a three month build. It feels like I know it's only been two, but still. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I just is if it's got a good payoff, I probably won't care. But it's like I, you know, I, you know me, like I'm, I'm, I'm very no, much I, not I'm a fan of the, of the distance between pay per views. It does wear on my as a fan sometimes. It, you know, there's they got to add something between November and March. I think we just need something, right? J, put one in January at the very beginning of the year. Have it the New Year's, you know. I bash. think that's what New Year's Smash turn, is intended to Turn your to New be, Year's right? Smash into a pay-per-view. But not, and, neither of the New Year's Smashes we've reviewed were, like, that spectacular. You know, they were, like, okay, usually. Yeah, turn them into something big. Could be fun. I think they just have all those dynamite specials and shit. Winner is coming. Dude, if we New rolled Smash. straight out of, of, of full gear into the World Tagly, like I brought up earlier, and then we ran that for months until the next pay-per-view... Maybe snuck one of the Ring of Honor pay-per-views a little earlier in the year so that maybe some of the people competing in that could be on there as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's opportunities there. You got options. Yeah. There's a little promo for Dark Uno, for Evil Uno to, uh, you know, show him up that he's a com- credible competitor. Dark Uno is actually kind of accurate, though. He's, like, he's, a little bit yeah. he's a little more evil, you know? They want to make him look like a credi- creditable, credible competitor. Holy fuck! Against John Monsley. We then have Jade Cargill. She's out there with Layla Gray. Always looking so good. Uh, they defeat Vert Vixen to retain the TBS championship. Again, Vert Vixen. She's the current Defy women's champion. She had a match with Yuka on Elevation. She looked good. Vert's getting more and more reps here. Uh, she beat her in a minute and nine seconds. Again, this is just another... Cargill showcase bro I had a typo in my notes but it actually might have been one of the greatest things I've ever come up with just randomly it was Jade Cargill's name but I had JAS Cargill instead because of autocomplete oh shit now that would be a hell of a booking decision that would be something I you know what they could sell me on it she did some push-ups hit a pump kick delivered the jaded slam 53 and 0 where does she go from here we're about to talk about uh, a prediction here when we go into this double or nothing fan fan booking card. But yeah, we already talked about the main event, and you had something you wanted to talk about with the main event. Was it the pre-match thing? Yeah, so uh, I thought that even though this was kind of a short promo, I thought Swerve came across super well. I really liked everything that he said in it. Um, but just the dragging you to hell shit that Dustin's been pulling out of nowhere. Like, I just, like, again, like Dustin Rhodes, I wish he had been used in the way that he could have been for years. It's one of the biggest tragedies in the history of wrestling, honestly, you know, like, um, other than the actual tragedies. The you know, match like, with Cody at, uh, what was it, Double or Nothing? The, well, the, the match that he had with Cody at, um, at the original All In, man, like, that match. Oh, my God, you know, like, maybe, maybe that was Double or Nothing. So good. Way, yeah, you know, whatever. whatever one it was, yeah. We're on the same page. I mean, that's such a lot a of people fu- say that's one of the, still one of the best matches in the history of AEW. <laughs> I mean, like, um, because it is. I mean, yeah. yeah, Dustin Rhodes, super underrated. It's going to be a really sad day when he actually does retire. Oh, um, so they added. Okay. okay. Yeah, it will be a sad day when he retires. Um, So they on Rampage, Tony Khan said there will be a major announcement from Tony Khan on. What is it? Uh, Dynamite. Very curious about that. Maybe it's a signing. Maybe it's a whatever. Who knows? That could be a thousand things with Tony. Aussie Open and Top Flight were added to the tag team battle royal on 
Dynamite Wednesday. Aussie okay. Open is uh, is it time? Are they here? Maybe, maybe. I mean, you could They're have no them in the match, and they wouldn't. I'm, uh, I don't know if I put them in that match. Mm, I'm just, starting to think. Maybe I don't know. Maybe if they're keeping FTR, you can fucking keep them here with Aussie Open. Let's run their matches a couple times this year because that could be the best feud of the year. It could be their I mean, match how, at with Royal Quest with how they was, did with the Briscoes last year, and they only had three matches. I, they could do three matches with them and have a similar thing go on. It could be and, fucking unreal. But since they could both be in AEW. That could actually be a story that goes across the entire time where there's stuff going on and there's not always a match, but there's something between the two that you could add. You know what I mean? Like, or something, you know, there's something there. 100%. So we're starting to get revolution booked. MJF against Brian Danielson, 60-minute Ironman match. Samoa Joe versus Wardlow for the TNT title. Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page in a Texas death match. And the Gun Club versus the Acclaimed and the two upcoming winners of the Battle Royals. I'm starting to think Aussie Open's going to win this one. I don't think they added them for no reason. When we look at all the names, best friends, Jarrett Lethal, Lucha Bros, Butcher Blade, Varsity Athletes, Dark Order, JS, uh, you know, JS Bros 2.0, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I'm liking Aussie Open in that spot. But uh, you ready for this card? Let's Let's end this on a little bit of fun here. Okay. So it's been circulating everywhere, so much so that I got a random fucking notification about this. Double or nothing 2023 fan booking card. few matches here. I don't know how I feel about the main event, but we'll get to it. Casino ladder match. Bandito ver- Bandito. Pack. Phoenix. Roosh. Sammy Guevara. Darby. Swerve. And the Joker. Damn. That would be oh my God. an incredible match. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't think they're ever going to put all those people in that match rather than have them on the card. But yeah, that would be incredible. That reminds me of that one, like uh six, six person instead of seven that they did of the money in the bank. That was like Kevin Owens and like all like Bobby Lashley and yep. like, all those people that were like, we were all like, how did they manage to actually book a good money in the bank for once? There's usually at least one person in there that we didn't want, but everybody in it that year was like a banger hashtag. Like, you know, <laughs> like, so AWTBS championship, Champion Jade Cargill versus Chris Statlander. That at around that time, Chris is going to be back. A lot of people still think Chris is going to be the one that is the second champion. She's just the one that makes like the most sense to take it yeah, off her because it felt does. like they again. We go back to this before Stat got injured. I think that might have been the plan, and then elevate Jade into the main event. You know, I think that might have been it. But yeah, they, they, obviously timing happens, and now Jade's got like a four hundred eight day title reign, which is insane. But you know, that title when we talk about a title reign, all the names we're gonna have to go through is gonna take an hour gonna be a four and a half actually no podcast. it's not because like 90 of those matches are gonna be like not actual matches <laughs> yeah they're, they're, the matches weren't much it's just gonna be running through the names okay are you ready for this aw all atlantic championship champion kanosuke Takeshita Holy versus shit. kota ibushi now that would be a fucking match to see <laughs> So much has to happen for that. Honestly, so much though, has to happen. But... Honestly, and, and I'm just speaking on that. I, I do think Kanosuke should be the one to take it off the board. 100%. That, I, that, that makes sense yep. to me. It makes sense to me, too. AW World Trios Championships. Champions. House of Black. 
versus okay. Hangman and Young Bucks. Ooh, Hung Bucks versus House of Black would be, and you could technically still be continuing that elite storyline. That might be a heel hangman at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, that could be fun. Um, oh, AW Women's World Championship champion Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Monet. Yeah, not happening. If they can pull it off, you're talking that. That I think should hopefully will be the Forbidden Door match if Mercedes is is doing that. But I mean. That is a fucking money match. No pun intended. Yeah, AW, I, I would be there for it, but I just don't see it happening yet. Yeah. AW TNT Championship. Champion Samoa Joe versus Jack Perry. Jungle Boy. I mean, if, if things are going yeah. the way with Jack Perry that they're going right now, I could absolutely see that. 100%. AW World Tag Team Championships. Champion FTR versus Aussie Open. Again, I don't think it's happening. <laughs> A lot has to happen, but oh my god, if this is the card. <laughs> yeah, it would be insane. <laughs> this card is getting insane. AEW Spe- cards do look like this sometimes, though, so it wouldn't be that they completely do. out of the question. And it is double or nothing. Special singles match. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. I, because, they do have to run that back at some point. Because on fuck it, why not? No, no they then, have to run that back on a pay-per-view at some point. That match they deserves do. to be on a pay-per-view. That match would sell the pay-per-view in and of itself. And then the main event, the AEW World Championship. Champion. MJF for CM Punk. I mean, that's the logical move, right? Even if Punk ends up not coming back, it's either going to be him or it's going to be Moxley again. That's just how it's going to so, be. So let's this this card in whole. This would be a fucking ticket machine. Uh, MJF for CM Punk, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, FTR versus Aussie Open. Maybe FTR. This is if you want to sneak them, dude. If you want to have them beat the guns. I think that's where people are getting this inspiration from too. This is because if they are the ones that beat the guns, it's going to make sense. Let's get the titles back on them. Cause now they've been gone for long enough, especially when they return, it's going to be big. If they return Samoa Joe jungle boy, that, that makes sense. I, I can see that no matter what. Yeah. Hater versus, it'd be a great match. I mean, yeah. Hater versus Mercedes. I mean, that's insane. House of black versus the hung bucks Takeshita versus Bushi. Oh my God. Cargill versus Statlander, and then Bandito Pack, Phoenix, Roosh, Guevara, Darby, Swerve, and the Joker. Who could the Joker be? Anyone, you fucking name it. doesn't matter. Maybe that's Jay White. No Jay White on this card. I, I think everyone, the presum- I think the presumption that I see online a lot is he's WWE bound. So, yeah. Uh, God, I love fantasy booking. Yeah, it's, um, it's fun as fuck. Like, that's, that's, that's such a fun card. It doesn't seem realistic just because all the names you'd have to coordinate with how bad things got for Forbidden Door when they tried to do a similar there's thing. There's a couple things. Yeah, FTR winning the championships. I don't know how we get there. But, uh, and uh, Hater versus Mercedes. Again, I don't know how we get there by May. Maybe. Maybe you could. Uh, it is May. And then MJF Punk. Again, is Punk going to be back? I don't know how we get there. But, Takeshita and Ibushi, dude. Let's just can we I mean, marinate? I can tell you how we get there. You know when Punk has to come. It has to be at the end of this pay per view. It has to be the it, one it that we're going to. into. It has to be because just like how MJF returned, he's got it. Yes, he's got to come in, and there would be a great parallel there with the MJF stuff too because he comes in, he has some matches. Maybe he doesn't show up to everything. Maybe he's not on every week like he was for a while there. I think it would be the smart thing to do anyway with how injured he got, you know. But also, let's just say like you know, um, and I think they're but i don't think it's i I don't know if it's going to happen but if i was going to bring punk back i would start off the year strong and then my first pay-per-view with cm punk return 
I'm going to send that to a friend of the podcast, Dart. Well, we'll get him on again. He's actually, you know what? We did have a mailbag submission. It was Dart asking us, when can he come on again? So, you know what? We'll get him on a show. Uh, and maybe, maybe we'll we'll br- some- Hey, thought. maybe we'll bring him in the talk revolution if he's available. Yeah. It's a revolution. Uh, our prediction show. Get another eye on there. Could be fun. So revolutions around the corner. Um, I'm actually going to tag. We're that literally two weeks thing. out from revolution. So you know. that's fucking so nice. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for an AW pay-per-view. Because you know what? Covering pay-per-views is a different. It's a different vibe. Excuse it, me. No, oh, it, really, it really, it really is though. Like a hundred percent is a different vibe because not just because more people come in to tune into the show. That's one thing, but it's like it's really nice to talk about something that doesn't feel inconsequential. Which sometimes week to week it can feel a little bit like um, insignificant, you know. But yeah, um, yeah, we we need to cure this long break of not having an AEW pay per view. Yeah, we do. It would be, and and you know what? From from it's only what like ten weeks from Revolution to Double or Nothing. Maybe no, maybe it's like eleven. So it, we're not going to have this long drought again. And in that time, we'll have WrestleMania, and we're going to have some more New Japan stuff. And like we've said before, maybe we'll even fucking cover some Stardom if it gets in there. I'd love to. It'd be fun. Be fun to do. So that'll be it for us, guys. Thanks again for checking this out. Eat Sleep Elite, Bane Duke, the Duke of Derps on Twitch. Check that out. Seriously. Oh, yeah. I forget the promo. If you guys are ever interested in hanging out with Duke, I mean, he is always streaming. And and you, what have you been streaming? I I just caught you the other night playing uh, Um, Dead by Daylight. Is that that what it's called? Yes, I've been playing that lately. Um, I just started a Let's Play of uh, Dead Space recently. Dead Space? Okay. Um, yeah so not the remastered version but just playing through dead space uh various other things like um actually i just put out a weekly schedule this week i'm playing that those two games that i mentioned oh well, actually dead by daylight's not on there i'm playing uh De- dead space again actually uh, tomorrow um today maybe when you're listening to this potentially um i'm actually going to be doing a stream with uh with my friend milk milk jan uh where we play some some Fortnite, some apex together get together back together doing a little bit of, doing a little bit of a collab this week so if you want to see me hang out with some with the VTubers and stuff like that, and you can tune into that. I'm also playing some Overwatch later on in the week, and uh, I'll do a just chatting stream, I think, to wrap it up on Thursday, and then probably try and catch up on all the shit for the podcast next week on Friday, you know? <laughs> right. Pop in there and have a good time. So thanks again, guys, for checking this out. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next week, and then, yeah, two, what, two weeks from now, we'll be doing our, our triple threat of we'll do a prediction show, we'll cover the show, and we'll have an Eat Sleep Elite episode out that same day it's kind of it's it's a fun time for us and i hope you guys all stick around if you listen all the way through you fucking rock here's a little bit of uh for sticking all the way through i haven't hit it much tonight but the vinky the vinky boys before we end i fucking completely blanked Uh, i did not give out a simmons award this week um oh who's a who the who's our simmons award yeah, good, good, good. I'm glad I caught that. So I'll just grab one of the one of the first things that uh, you know what here was. Uh, I wrote this in my notes. It's not what I would normally give it to, but Claudio, man, he made Prest Advance look small. And that's, there's only one thing you can say when a motherfucker is out here making Prest Advance look small. Damn. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> now we can end the show. <laughs> exactly. That'll be it for us, guys. Catch you later on the flip side, Vision. Thank mm-hmm. you.